Hello and welcome back to The State of Radio, Sonologue's podcast on what looks new and interesting in radio from over here in India. I'm Chavi and this week we're looking at some changing rules in the FM sphere as well as other stagnant rulings that are being actively challenged by the FM radio fraternity. We're also looking at some community radio action, including, as promised, a look at an oral history type project by the Literacy Bridge. All that and more in this podcast. The big news this past week is that the government has finally allowed for the demerger of radio stations. Most news sources are tripping over themselves to report this, but what does it really mean? It means that broadcasters, most of whom are owned by media houses here, Radio Mirchi, for instance, is part of the Times of India, Big FM is owned by Reliance, these guys can now set up separate subsidiary companies and transfer and consolidate shares. This may not sound like a big deal if you're not one of the companies making the big bucks, but the companies care because without this demerger, they've been stuck paying 4% of their total revenues even when it's come in from the other businesses the group owns. So for instance, if a media group is raking in moolah from its magazines or TV channels, even if it's been losing money in radio, it still had to fork over 4% of its total earnings. So the demerger means good things for them and they can only report the earnings from radio from now onwards. There is a time lock on this. They can't trade or amalgamate shares within the five-year period, but it's a good step from the ministry. The Ministry for Information Broadcasting hasn't responded yet to the cries for increasing FDI, the foreign direct investment cap, however, or allowing news on air. But, you know, the call for those continues strong, and FIKI has renewed its call to free up more spectrum space on the dial. So this week, they put out a recommendation. In case you didn't know, while the rest of the world can cram a radio station on every alternate frequency on the dial, so you can have clear reception of classical music on 91.3 FM, for example, and then the next step up, 91.5 can have hardcore alternative rock, and 91.7 FM can have jazz, all sounding fine and mutually exclusive. In India, physics apparently functions differently because the government insists the spectrum is full. The band is jammed with, uh, what, eight stations in Delhi? It boggles the mind, really. Even when I first came here, I couldn't understand how the frequency was allocated because there seems to be no logic in how they're assigned. It isn't by alternate frequencies. There is no set amount of bandwidth between them in terms of megahertz. They're just all over the place. So I think the stations are going to have to agitate not only for spectrum space, but also for logic. Meanwhile, the Association of Radio Operators of India has been calling for permission to have more spectrum space and also the option of having multiple stations owned by one company in every city for a while, yeah? Fiki has again this week put out a statement recommending this. Of course, it helps that the Fiki Radio Forum chairman, Mr. Parigi, is also the managing director of Entertainment Network India Limited, which is the subsidiary of the Times of India that owns Radio Mirchi. I know this will make radio stagnate even more because I don't think anyone has yet figured out how to differentiate their stations when they do get the spectrum space and they do get the licenses. But we live in hope, don't we? I also don't know how this news about DE mergers and setting up subsidiaries will affect Radio Today. The company has been in the news for a while. Radio Today is the wholly owned subsidiary of the India Today group, and it has apparently been disqualified from operating radio stations across the country. The whole situation is like a soap opera, so let me walk you through what I know. In 2006, Radio Today got a 10-year license for seven radio stations. In July of 2007, though, the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting revised its criteria and disqualified Radio Today from bidding, saying its net worth fell short of the new benchmark 
after deducting the one-time entry fee that Radio Today already paid. So Radio Today argued that they couldn't calculate it this way, especially since they were in a fresh stage of bidding and the court is confusing liquidity for worth. Keep in mind that one of the holding companies, which is India Today, has a net worth of more than a few hundred crore rupees, so millions of dollars. So they went to court. The High Court overturned their appeal. And last week, the Supreme Court threw out that appeal. I'm sure that's neither the full story nor the end of the story. I'll be back with more as it unfolds. It is interesting to me, though, that while now these stations can form their own tradable companies, community radio licensing is so very hard. Someone I respect very much in radio pointed out recently to me that anyone, even construction companies and dairy farms, can run a private radio station if they have the money and then they can even sell it off. But a community that is committed to serving its members has to jump through extended hoops to even apply for a license and then only heaven knows when they're going to actually be able to go on air. Anyway, within Community Radio, Radio Health, which I told you about it in the first episode, launched in Kerala on Tuesday the 16th. From news reports, it looks like they have about half an hour of programming four days a week. That's where they're starting, and they'll bump it up as they grow. More than 35 specialist doctors will have regular programs as they grow. And I guess the community aspect comes in from the listeners, who get to call in and take advantage of the interactive platform of radio. Well, here's wishing them luck and here's wishing them also more community involvement as they stay on air and grow. I do have a better community radio effort story though. I mentioned last week that the Literacy Bridge has a nifty project that tries to capture oral traditions through a very cool, very low cost handheld portable recorder. Okay, let me break that down. So when I'm saying handheld portable recorder, don't think of your Sony and your Olympus digital recorder. Think of a child's tiffin box about this right size to hold a sandwich, bright orange colored with big buttons that takes two D-size batteries. This is the talking book device and the Literacy Bridge is still piloting the talking book but they've taken it to Ghana and they will bring it to India very soon. The idea is that it will help adults and kids both learn new stuff, serve as an archive for information and encourage reading. I'm totally thrilled by the audio logging part of it because the feedback from pilot programs in the three Ghanaian villages they went to suggests that by recording information on healthcare, herbal remedies, folklore, an entire people can preserve and then share a rich oral tradition very, very cheaply and accessibly. And while it's not broadcast on the radio, they will be working to have programs on it with collaborating NGOs. And in the three villages they went to, the requests apparently were for informational programming on health, agriculture, and how to start your own business. I believe they're scheduled to come to India this month, so I'll keep you posted on what I find out. Well, I'm going to leave you on this note. In the next episode, I'll share news on what's happening in radio with at least a small peek and advertising trends, rates, and whether it's really all about jingles anymore. Join us then on Sonologue's The State of Radio podcast. I'm Chavi. I'll talk to you next week.